Bush and Ritchie here uh, with your Hometime Show podcast. Now, obviously, we were readying ourselves for this edition of the podcast, but about 30 seconds ago, Bush and I were talking about something completely different, and I reckon you need to say that same bold statement for our podcast listeners, because they'll agree with you much as I did. Allow us to look you in the eye directly on this podcast and say... Haven't oven chips done well for themselves? <laughs> when you think back to our childhoods, oven chips. Terrible. Awful. It looked like the deep fat fryer, you know, was going to absolutely eradicate the oven chips. In fact, for me, oven chips was the thing that I used to have. We went around our granddad's house in uh, Western Supermare and they were cold in the middle and they were horrible to chew. And I thought, this is it. The, the, the writing's on the wall for the oven chip. But now, I don't know what it is. Has the technology changed? I wonder whether the whole concept of triple frying uh, oven chips when you're out and about at pubs and all that kind of stuff has meant that the home chip has had to raise its game. It really has raised the game. And also the technology's got a little bit better. I'm sure there's something to do with NASA in this, but I bought one of those uh, chip trays that have got holes in the bottom of it. Yes! And little ridges, and that's a game changer. Yes, why would you hide your bottom? Exactly. That's what I've always said. So, look... Oven chips, people involved in the oven chip industry, if you're in the oven chip industry listening to this, you probably never get any credit for anything. We want to say well done. Now, some big tech news has uh, come out today. By the end of 2024, London's Underground is going to be fully 4G connected. Hey, wow, so like, even if you're like in, a, like in a tunnel? You got it. So we're not just talking about when you uh, pull into a station and you might be able to pop onto a little Wi-Fi hotspot or anything like that. The whole network through all the tunnels, all that deep underground, 4G connected. Great tech news. Was that in your a railway magazine that you were putting in? into your bag for the train journey last night at the end of the show. It's breaking news today. They'll, is have, it? That, they'll have that in the next edition. There'll be a big spread on it, trust me. <laughs> Thing is, Bush, it might be... I'll, I'll, I'll photocopy it for you. Thank you can you. borrow it. Thank you. you. It's good toilet reading. It is. Thing is, if it's great tech news, that's fine. But where's left to hide? Yeah. The whole connectivity side of things. I love getting on the tube for 20 minutes and knowing that I can't be connected. Yeah, you know, can't be contacted. Just that little bit of peace and quiet. You can't have the boss message you going, can you do this? What about that? You can't have someone text you or an email drop in asking why you haven't done that. I love that. Would you as well? It's a good way of like, um, you know, like taking you back to what it was like in the early 90s going out. Like, yeah. By that point, by the time you step on the tube, no one can get in touch with you any further. Exactly. So it's all like the olden days where you would meet up in a pre-arranged place because you can't do anything about it. Exactly. You're incommunicado. Going into town on a Saturday to meet your mates outside McDonald's at midday. Once you've left the house, <laughs> you just got to trust that they're all going to turn do up. Do you know my 30s were a great time as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I know what you mean, though. It is kind of strange. Is I, I like even sometimes, you know, like if you've got Spotify, you have to save a couple of songs and download yeah. them to take them down underground with you. Exactly. And you're stuck with what you've chosen. Yeah, now I'll be able to stream anything. Oh. So, where's left to hide? Where do you have a bit of you time? Andrew says, there's a secret room like Sheldon's in the Big Bang Theory at work. I can only just stand up in it, but it's just me, my atomic kitten at Wembley poster, right. and Absolute Radio. He's got a DAB <laughs> digital radio there as well. Now, I mean, we don't play much Atomic Kittens, so there's a bit of an oxymoron there going on. But I we'll guess. pass that on to our head of music, James, <laughs> and it'll only be a matter of time. You got a little bush hidey place? That's, well, thank, thank you for asking. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I don't really like baths. <laughs> 
but I will have a bath just to hide from the family. Because if you if you sat on the loo, little people knock on the door and ask yeah. you what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? Bathroom at the moment would be a really good place to hide, but that's another one that in my life is out because the locks broke. That's high so jeopardy, you, isn't it? You can't even go in there. Get a toddler just barrelling in. Where are your little hidey places? You haven't even got the ginnel anymore. The, I haven't got the ginnel anymore. The ginnel's no. gone. I reckon we're the only radio show or station in the UK right now asking people. Where are you hiding? <laughs> I think so, and I'm proud of it. We are proud of it. Rob <laughs> says, I go out on my motorbike, just ride along all alone, no da- no nagging or whining or kids or anything like that. I do sometimes look at, like if you go down to the seafront in Leon Sea on a, like a Saturday morning, you'll see uh, someone on a motorbike come down and have like a flask of coffee on their yeah. own, and you just think, that's living the dream. It's that one of the ideas why the motorbike just keeps on going through my head. I, just, I can't I can't put it away. I know, it'd be amazing, but yeah. 100% ruled out, won't get through Congress. Oh, yeah, it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Uh, Gordon, where's your little Heidi place. It's my allotment. Oh, Prospect Hill allotments in Whitby. Oh, brilliant. And then what are you growing down on your allotment at the moment then, Gordon? Uh, virtually everything. Turkeys, carrots, cauliflowers, broccoli, cabbage. Oh. I listen to your radio show when I'm up there and it's thrilling. We're oh, cl- great. <laughs> We're glad that you take us with you down there. Can I ask a question I want to word really, really carefully because I don't want to offend anyone, let alone yeah. you. What is the youngest person down at your allotment? Uh, the youngest person down here is an allotment at the bottom of mine. She must be, I don't know, nine. Oh, oh right. Okay, okay. Introducing the next generation to being green-fingered and all that kind of stuff. Yep. I would love to have an allotment. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Absolutely love to. The thing is, though, you put in all that work, Gordon, right? You put in all that work, and then don't foxes and birds and that just absolutely steal everything you've got, like in Peter Rabbit, uh, the TV show? No, we, we don't get foxes. We get pigeons, rabbits, deers, but if they eat it, they eat it. We just plant something else. He's very stoic. He's very <laughs> stoic about veg theft, this fella. Gordon, uh, very jealous, and thank you for taking your radio down there with you. Not a problem, mate. Ryan says, I get absolutely no signal in my living room when I turn off my phone's Wi-Fi, so it's perfect for a football or a movie night. We have that problem at our house. Uh, my, my, my dad and my brother seem to be like a minute or two ahead when Everton are losing, so they're swearing in our WhatsApp group ahead of me seeing us can see the goal, so I have to sometimes just turn my phone off completely. This is amazing. Al from Glasgow says, twice a year I have to travel to the Isle of Barra on the Outer Hebrides for work. There's no mobile signal at all. I have no contact from anyone until I get back to my hotel in the evening. It's absolute bliss. Now, that is the first time I've heard about Barra, the island, since. Yeah. I wonder if anyone remembers this. There was a BBC documentary about a little kid who thought he was reincarnated from a, a child that lived and died on the Isle of Barra years and years ago, and wow. it was creepy as hell. And he kept going on about, it's Barra Mummy and Barra Daddy. Wow. But if no one remembers that, then I've clearly lost the plot. I'm going to see if it's still an iPlayer, mate. (laughs) Reincarnation on home time. Kerry has tweeted and genuinely says, I do hide in the cupboard under the stairs like Harry Potter. That would be great in there, wouldn't it? I sometimes look in our airing cupboard and think, it'd be really cosy in there. There's some tins and stuff and everything. There's camping equipment. You could have a little bed down a bit. It'd be nice. Perfect, perfect. No one bothering you. Ben in North Devon says, I went foraging with the dog yesterday in woods with no signal or people, just wild food and nature. It was heaven. You don't have to be hiding right now, but we do want to know where you like to hide. Will, where is it for you? Um, My parents asked, there's no signal at all, so that's always a really safe spot for me to, like, more things over and, like... Nice. Yeah, you know. And Will, you've got like quite a busy, stressful job, so it's quite good to have your phone kind of out of action. It really is, yeah. I mean, like, I have two jobs going at the moment, so I make ends meet just to, like, the pandemic. Yeah, it's really comforting. Oh, so you nice. get to your folks, and there's literally nothing other than the landline. 
Oh, no, you can't even make a phone call. Nothing. That's good, and that's quite a good excuse for work. So I'm really sorry. I'm completely out of contact. You just have to cut the wire for your parents' landline, and then you're all good. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Say it was badges. Badges or something. Yeah, yeah non-existent. Completely incognito. It's another day of the Hometime Trade Euro Championships. And today's match is Gardeners versus Painters. Yes, it's Group A that we return to and it will be the Painters taking on the Gardeners uh, this afternoon. Uh, painters got off to uh, a decent start in the group, but how will they venture today uh, as we head outside uh, to meet our gardener, uh, who is Laura? Laura, welcome to the show. Where are you calling us from right now? Thank you very much. I think I'm in Kilburn, somewhere in London. I'm not entirely sure. OK, and what kind of garden have you been working on so far today? Uh, I've had a couple of uh, quite high-end high, high, uh, high end clients that I've signed non-disclosure forms to, so I can't tell you exactly who they are. But Whoa! <laughs> Imagine a garden that is so secretive you have to have a non-disclosure form. About. That is incredible. This is the first mention of non-disclosure forms that we have had during the Trade Euros. Laura, whilst you're on, what's your view on people who put, uh, pretend butcher's grass, uh, astroturf their gardens? What's your view on that? Just don't do it. I've signed enough positions not to do it. It's not good for you, and it's not really clean either. Well, there, there we go. go. <laughs> wow. If you've got a proper lawn, at least then if you've got a dog, it's going to biodegrade in that lawn. But if it's sitting on plastic, it's going nowhere. It's a very good point. Uh, we, we shouldn't <laughs> talk too much more. We don't want to uh, uh, get a few valid points across before your 20 seconds are underway. <laughs> so uh, uh, we'll be back in just a sec. Uh, Steve is our painter. Where are you, Steve? I'm in Woking, boys. Uh, do you sign any non-disclosure forms before you see your clients? Not to this day, but there's still some time. Still some time. Good lad. Uh, Steve, what have you been working on today, then? Just just been painting a wall, to be honest. Just been painting (laughs) a wall. He's very nondescript. Thanks for the intel on that, Steve. (laughs) Completely opposite. I can't tell you. What colour was it, Steve? (laughs) It was cream. Great. Okay, Brilliant. Uh, Laura, you're going to have the first 20 seconds. Uh, In today's battle, it is the gardener versus the painter. You've got 20 seconds to tell us why gardening is a more important trade than painting. Good luck to you, Laura. Your time starts now. There's nothing worse than watching paint dry, as the saying goes. You can sit inside all day with your soft brushes, looking out the window, dreaming of being outside in the sun. I'm outside in all weathers, so you can sit on your lunch break on my freshly mown lawn. It doesn't love the smell of freshly cut grass. I've never had a single moan from that. You get one whiff of paint and I've got a bloody headache. Whoa, Laura, your time is up. What an amazing barrage of uh, shots fired in Steve's direction. Uh, you, you've acquitted yourself very, very well. Let's sort of see what Steve has got to come back the other way. Steve the painter, you have your 20 seconds to prove why painters are better than gardeners and your time starts, my friend, now. Van Gogh, Picasso, Da Vinci, I could go on. Titch Marsh, Monty Don, Carol Klein. The list of great gardeners ends there. Honestly, which set of leaders of our respective fields will people be talking about in 100 years? Exactly. Just ask my customers. I paint masterpieces. I don't want to do you down, Laura. But don't Time's up. Just shovel poo. Oh, 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 just after the bell. Blow. We can't. We can't have that considered. That was after the bell. Strike it off, judges. Strike <laughs> that last comment off. <laughs> wow. What about this has been? Strong battle, you guys. Well done. Fantastic. Well played. Well played, Laura. Oh, it's, it's all very polite at the end there. I like that. Laura, is there anything <laughs> you'd like to say to, say to Steve whilst he's been so polite at the end? Uh, 
I mean, I did art and design as a student when I was younger, so I can't really put in that far down. Oh, there you go. It's just a little bit of, uh, you know, meeting in the middle there at the end. So, wow. It's over to the public vote now. That, is, it's one of, that was like, you know, when you watch a European Euros game, which on paper doesn't look like it's going to have fireworks, and you end up texting people saying, this game's great, you've got to watch it. Get the North Macedonia versus Holland game on. This is what it is. So, look, you vote now on Twitter at Absolute Radio. You can text us as well, 8 12, 15. Let us know what you think. Who did better, Laura the Gardener or Steve the Painter? How good was that in our trade Euro Championships? Trying to find out which trade is the best. Uh, every night with the different groups that we've got going on, a trade goes head-to-head with another trade. And they've just got 20 seconds to wax lyrical and say why their trade is the best. And I think the pair of them were just like... It was like the rumble in the jungle. They were just going for it. I haven't heard anyone talk about uh, Scotland versus Croatia or England versus the Czech Republic. The big matchup everyone's talking about is the gardeners versus the painters. Uh, Tracy says, gardeners, as they are needed to be done a lot more often than painting... I've never got time to do mine. Rick says, gardeners all the way. We found through lockdown that sports events can go ahead without fans in the stadiums, which are painted by painters, so not needed. But the pitches are still need constant attention. That's your football, your cricket, your rugby, golf, tennis and baseball. That would mean no Euros, Masters, Test cricket. What a disaster that would be. And also, he adds, where's your fruit and veg come from? Very, very good point. These are strong points. You need to vote. Listen to this message that's coming from Mike and Katie listening in West Drayton. They say, for us, Laura won it, just. Steve had a good but ultimately futile opening attack as Picasso does not paint walls in Magnolia. His last attack, at least I don't have to shovel poo, was brilliantly brilliant, but unfortunately over the 20 seconds, so null and void. Laura played it safe and had a neat last line about the smell of fresh cut grass and the smell of a newly mowed lawn. As a former painter and decorator labourer for a firm that specialised in high-end houses, which also had big gardens and gardens that had hit home for me. 1-0 to Laura, well played from Mike Katie. Now, Ashley, where is your vote going? Oh, painters all the way, man. Yeah. Why Why are painters the best as far as you're concerned, well, Ashley? Nature has looked after itself for hundreds of millions of years without our help. <laughs> when, was the last time, when was the last time you saw nature paint all the doors in the house with some gloss? You know? <laughs> That's a good point. Are you, are, you, are you suggesting then that gardeners in, in some way are interfering with nature and its true course? Uh, I think they're just wasting their time. They need to get a proper job. <gasps> oh, Ashley! Oh, dear. Well, well, well I, I thought you were really helping the painting trade earlier uh, and uh, maybe an own goal there. Ashley, what do you do? What's your line of work? Um, I'm a computer programmer. Actually. Oh, oh okay. I'm painting okay. the house at the moment, which might be... Do you have a vested interest? ...doing my votes at the moment. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Ashley. You're welcome. Time for the moment of truth. From Group A in the Trade Euro Championships, the battle today was between Laura the Painter and Steve... Laura the Gardener, sorry, and Steve the Painter. Uh, Laura, um, some astonishing comments have been said following uh, uh, the head-to-head with you and Steve earlier. Mark says, I can't help but feel that Laura's played a blinder. Solid (laughs) skills rather than trying to compare slapping a bit of emulsion on a wall to Da Vinci and such like. Someone else who didn't leave their name simply said, and this is iconic now, it will be made into a flag, Laura the Gardener. They're chanting your name, Laura. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> With 56% of the votes, oh, wow. you've got a win for the gardeners today. Oh, brilliant. That's excellent. How does it feel to represent your trade in the Trade European Championships? I mean, pretty good. <laughs> it's representing them. Not many the... people get to do that. They're not many people get to play international trade <laughs> football, that's for sure. <laughs> is that two wins now for the gardeners? It is. Two wins out of two. Wow, that is unbelievable. You I'm look like you guys are going through to the next round. We're very chuffed for you. Laura, thank you so much for getting involved. Thank you for letting me. 
Welcome to the show. Yeah, we know the weather's like October at the moment and stuff, and a lot of other radio stations and shows, when they get to this point of the evening, probably just put their feet up playing some dead long songs like Freebird and do, on this day, what happened? Not me and Richie. No, no, no. We step into the unknown with the Tuesday Tombola. Yes, rather than putting our feet up, we make life harder for ourselves. We literally put ourselves in a bit of a squeeze. We spin that. You've just heard it. It's called our Tuesday Tombola. Inside it are 100 balls. Uh, these are all numbered. They correspond to 100 topics that we could discuss on a radio show. We're on a radio show. We're about to discuss one of them. Crucially, when we came up with these 100 topics, we were in the pub, and they seemed like a brilliant idea at the time, but we can't remember a lot of them. So I'm going to give it one more spin, open the hatch, delve in, and read out and tell you that it's ball 18. Ooh, first appearance for that ball. Ball 18, the strangest thing in your garage right now. Oh. The strangest thing in your garage right now. Canoes, bamboo, stuff you're looking after for other people, anything goes. Is that you? I've got I've got uh, bamboo in the garage. What, what are we doing I don't know, Katie put it in there. She just put loads of get bamboo in there. And do you know what it is? It's at head height, so I've headbutted it about five or six times. I'll take your eye out, that. It would take glasses wearing fella. <laughs> it saved me. The safety my, goggles. My spectacles have saved me. Uh, Susie, tell us what's in there. That's a question. The phone signal ain't great, but did you just say a Chewbacca costume? Yes. Wow, please tell us the story behind your Chewbacca costume. Well, my back was Star Wars medals, and my husband used to dress up as a stormtrooper. And <laughs> recently he's made a full Chewbacca costume, and I have that in my garage at the moment. He's made a Chewbacca costume. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, and... Does this ever cross into kind of cosplay or, or uh, behind closed doors type stuff, this dressing up as Star Wars characters? No, seven foot Chewbacca in the house that doesn't work. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's a bit of a, a, bit of a moment killer. <laughs> yeah, the stuff that's going to do it for me. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Susie. Bye. Bye. Thanks, bye. Melanie says, I'm storing 32 life-size Chucky dolls Whoa. for my mum. We've had to cover them with a blanket because they're seriously spooky. They are creepy things. Can we get even weirder than that? Uh, we've got Gary on the line. What's in your garage? Well, I've got uh, four dinky toys, Captain Scour, SPV vehicles, right. and, a, and a remote control tank. <laughs> Please tell us the story behind why they are in your garage. Um, my remote control tank is uh, being charged up at the moment, and I'm uh, putting the SP vehicles back together, to be honest with you, to restore them. Different questions for different items. Um, guessing that the dinky toys, the Captain Scarlet thing, that's a toy collecting thing. It's a bit of a, you know, an investment. The the radio yeah. controlled tank that you're currently charging. Are you on some kind of manoeuvres, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I am actually. I'm going to have a ride out gardening it later. <laughs> I think he's known as the the uh, Rochford Rommel or something like that. <laughs> And how long will this tank go for before we have to charge it again? Uh, usually lasts about half an hour. Does it do sound effects uh, and stuff like that as well? Yeah, it's got all sound effects. It's got a recoil from the gun. Uh, it's got everything. It's amazing. Uh, and it's even got smoke that comes out of exhaust. It's got a smoke machine. <laughs> oh, wow. Amazing. Oh, I'd love and, to be uh, around your house right now. That sounds great fun. It does, doesn't it? Well, uh, have yourself a brilliant uh, time with your tank. <laughs> 
Yeah, thank you very much for ringing. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Rob in Maidenhead answers directly a kebab grill machine. Oh. I wouldn't say that's necessarily un- unusual, as in we're just really jealous. Please let it be working. I don't want it to be wasting away and rusty. That'd be such a waste. Dave Jones, York, uh, or Dave Jones in York... Dave Jones, York. Okay, sounds like a bass player. (laughs) Double-barrelled listener. We have loads of them to the show. I've got an operator's handbook for a tactical nuclear missile in my garage. Oh, wow. Neil, what is the item? The strangest thing in my garage is a chemical toilet from a caravan. (laughs) All right, then, why have you got that in your garage? Because I originally got hold of a caravan for free of charge, because I ain't paying for anything if I can't get away with it. Yeah. Um... Because I wanted to turn a chassis into a in, into a trailer to carry motorcycles or a single trike. Right. So when I stripped it, um, I managed to get rid of quite a lot of the stuff, and I was left with a chemical toilet. So I thought all I could do is like put it in my garage, and it's there doing nothing but. Who the hell do I talk to? Who who's going to want a chemical toilet? The tip. You take it to the tip. Does it does well, it work? Can you go in there and use it? Would you be able to do that? Actually, yes, you could because it's a manual flush and you can put fluid into it. Right. So you could actually use it. But I've got one in the house, and I think my wife will get confused and will say, "I'm going to the loo, love, and then going to the toilet and into the into the garage." I think she'd get a bit confused. Neil. It's a weird item. It's a very strange item. I think when we started discussing about the fluids in it and, and how it mechanically works, I think we crossed over the line. We have, yeah, you're right. We've crossed the line. But we're going we're gonna to say, uh, we're going to leave, a little bit like Derek Acora, we're going to leave that thought with you. OK, no problem. You take care, guys. We were thinking of organising a special get-together for people in the oven chip industry to say thank you, but because of the regulations still on getting people together in a crowd, we're going to have to postpone it. But we are hoping that in about three to four weeks' time, once that all eases, August in Scotland, then we'll all have a great big chip party. Honestly, that sounds so good.